Welcome to the Liquid Church Podcast, a place where you can hear the timeless truth of God's Word in a way that's culturally relevant and cutting edge. Today, you're tuning in for a special all-church small group series called The Chosen. Based on the first ever multi-season TV show about the life of Christ, we're going to explore the unlikely people whose lives He turned upside down. Together, we'll encounter Christ with fresh eyes and open hearts. It's our hope this message will help you discover how God's story relates to your own and that you'll leave feeling encouraged. Thanks for joining us today and enjoy the message. All right, what's up Liquid Church? You guys excited to be here? Great to see you guys. Hey, whether you're in person or online, welcome to Liquid. This is a pretty special moment in the life of our church because it has been seven long months and we're finally reopening three of our campuses for live indoor worship services. Let's praise God for progress. That's an awesome, awesome thing. Um, We've had a pretty great time over the last uh, six weeks. We've been meeting outdoors together, but now the weather's turning colder. We're officially starting phase three of our regathering plan, and we are hosting Sunday services in three locations, Parsippany, Mountainside, and Ocean Grove. So that's North, Central, and South Jersey. It's just so anybody who wants to worship can actually attend uh, within a 20-25 minute drive. So we're going to have two services on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m., And as you know, Governor Murphy has limited us to 150 people per service. So you need to register online. We will save you a seat. And when you come, I think you'll be encouraged. You'll see we have extensive safety protocols, precautions in place. Uh, Everybody's going to get their temperature checked at the front door. You'll meet an auto robot. Looks like a droid. Uh, We'll automatically take your temperature. We do require masks of all who attend. But you'll see there's socially distanced seating. So plenty of space sanitizing stations, and this is getting technical, but we actually upgraded the air handlers in our buildings with these special ionized filters that kill germs and pathogens. So we're going to be fogging the auditoriums between services, and you'll notice there's a lot of reduced physical contact. So we're not handing out programs. We're not, you know, passing offering buckets or coffee. So all that to say, we just want you to know that we have spared no expense to make sure your family feels safe and stays healthy this fall. Now, reminder, um, just for parents, our Liquid Family Ministry for Kids isn't actually meeting in person for the rest of 2020, and that's for a simple reason. Uh, Toddlers are not built for social distancing, Uh, but parents, rest assured, our digital discipleship efforts continue online, and I'm just like so proud of our Liquid Family leaders. They are like working harder than ever. They're doing an amazing job. Can we hear it for them? Liquid Family, they're doing a great job. In January, we are going to revisit the decision about adding Liquid Family, as well as opening other campuses in 2021. So you're welcome to bring your kids with you to the main service if you want to, but they do need to wear a mask too. Now, I want to also share some exciting news. We are starting this brand new service on Thursday night. It's called Thursday Night Live. It's at 7.30 in Parsippany, so if you've been watching online, you want to get here. Every Thursday, we're going to record our church online service before a live studio audience at our broadcast campus, and we'll have live worship live preaching, live prayer, and anybody can come to Thursday Night Live. You just need to go to liquidchurch.com slash TNL to register and save one of those 150 seats that's available. So whether you join us online or in person, it's all good this fall. There's a lot of ways for you to plug into Liquid, and I think you're joining us at a perfect time because today we are kicking off a special five-week series called The Chosen. And it's really a cinematic sermon series that's based on the life of Christ and those that Jesus chose, the chosen, to follow him. And what we're doing is we're pairing it with a five-week small groups campaign. So if you're not in a small group, it's just 10 or 12 other people, 
uh, who meet virtually over Zoom, you actually have a chance to join one today. But let me tell you a little bit about The Chosen first. The Chosen is actually the first ever multi-season TV show about the life of Jesus and the unlikely people he chose to follow him. And he turned their lives upside down. Now, quick show of hands. How many have actually seen an episode of The Chosen online? Okay. Yeah, it's really good. Let me, let me just, let me be honest. <laughs> Sometimes when I hear there's a TV show about the life of Jesus, I kind of hold my breath because what I've found is they're typically either like very wooden, you know, like they just kind of like recite verses and lack, you know, emotional nuance and, and depth, or they're super cheesy, <laughs> right? Like, like really sappy and overly sentimental and fake beards. Like, let's just be honest, like Christian shows are, don't have a reputation for being cinematic uh, and creative or, or high quality acting, but The Chosen is different. In fact, the tagline for The Chosen is get used to different because it's a portrayal of the life of Jesus based on the four gospels. It's very, very faithful to scripture, but it also imagines the backstory of the people that he hand chose to follow him. Uh, people like Peter and Andrew, Mary Magdalene, Nicodemus. I want you to get a feel for the flavor. So let's check out the trailer. Watch this. I'm Jesus. Are you dangerous? Maybe to some. <laughs> if we are going to have a question and answer session, every time we do something you're not used to, it's going to be a very annoying time together for all of us. There are righteous men on the lookout for you, and they are weighing every word you say. It's not for you. This is different. Get used to different. We didn't choose him. He chose us. Oh, I really don't like that man. I was one way, and now I am completely different. So it's time. Let's go. Pretty fun, right? So there's a cool part. The Chose is actually breaking all sorts of records. It's directed by a guy named Dallas Jenkins. He's the son of Jerry Jenkins. You might know him as a Christian author, uh, evangelical Christian guy, and it was 100% crowdfunded. What that means is to keep biblical accuracy, they actually went outside the traditional Hollywood studio system so they could distribute it free of charge to people. So there's, there's no cost or, or subscription to download it. It's actually, there's a free app uh, called The Chosen. You can just go to your you know, iTunes or Android. You download the free app and you can actually watch the episodes on your phone or your mobile device. And there's eight episodes in season one. I binge watched it. Uh, and it has become the number one highest crowdfunded project of all time. Okay, about uh, 19,000 people around uh, the world have uh, donated to support a season two. And now it's been translated into 50 languages, which is pretty cool. So we thought, hey, this fall, while we're all kind of stuck at home in like semi-quarantine, I want to challenge our whole church to binge Jesus. Can you say binge Jesus? Binge Jesus this fall, all right? I'm just telling you, okay? You got an opportunity here. I, I know you guys love to binge watch shows. Now just show of hands, be honest, you're in church. How many of you admit you have binge watched Cobra Kai? Okay, you've watched Cobra Kai, okay? Strike first, strike hard, no mercy. I have to, Cobra Kai is a guilty pleasure for anyone who grew up in the 80s, okay? Anyone binge watch uh, The Office 
or Friends or, you know, Stranger Things, maybe the British Baking Show, whatever your jam is, uh, Netflix has kind of um, taught us we're going bi- to binge watch your favorite subject. So most of us think like nothing of investing, you know, six or eight hours just like binging on stories that, while entertaining, don't have much spiritual value. So the creators that have chosen, they designed the show with that format in mind. So it's set in the time of the Bible. You're going to learn a lot about first century Judaism, but it's in the visual language of a Netflix-style drama. And every episode kind of interweaves storylines from the lives of those who Jesus met. And it's not like a, uh, you know, straight, like, chronological telling of a Bible story. It's like, this is us meets the Bible miniseries. So while it's faithful to Scripture and the heart of the gospel— what they do is they imagine a backstory for these Bible characters who Jesus chooses. And the producer said their goal was actually to encourage the audience to read the Bible yourself and think about how it might have looked. So what we're going to do as a church if for the next five weeks, we're going we're gonna to binge Jesus together, guys, okay? We're going to actually encourage you to watch the episodes with your small group. We've developed a discussion guide so you can kind of dig deeper into Bible study and really encounter Jesus with fresh eyes. And I have to say, like, as somebody who, you know, I'm pretty familiar with the Gospels, uh, the chosen to me is like a breath of fresh air. It's like, because Jesus comes across as so human. Like, like he's approachable. He's, he's playful. He has a sense of humor. He's, he's tender. He's strong. The characters are not, like, wooden or one-dimensional. For instance, like Matthew, the tax collector, you know, you think of him as like this adult tax man who works for the IRS. He's actually, uh, he's a young adult who's probably on the autistic spectrum, and he's a social outcast in the first century. Peter, Peter runs a fishing company, and his, his family's in debt. So it's like very down-to-earth, very powerful. But for me, my favorite episode is episode number three, Jesus Loves the Little Children. And that's the title of my message today. What I want to do is give you a taste of how this sermon series is really going to integrate scripture and cinema together. We're going to bring both together faith and film to give us kind of a fresh look at the life of Jesus. So if you have a Bible, let's turn to Mark chapter 10. We put it in your app, the notes. We're going to open God's word. Here's what it says. Mark 10, starting at verse 13, reads this. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and don't hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a what? Like a little child will never enter it. And Jesus took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them and blessed them. Now, this is a wonderful slice from the life of Jesus and uh, his real tender interaction with kids. And this passage is actually recorded in three out of the four Gospels. But let me just tell you, I, I admit, I don't imagine Jesus interacting with children very much. I mean, like we all picture him le- leading adults, right? He's teaching the 12 disciples. He's debating the Pharisees in the temple. He's healing, you know, sick adults and, and doing important stuff. But the Gospels make clear that time with children was a priority for Jesus, in fact, word must have gotten out that, that Christ loved the kids because verse 13 says, people were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. See, in Jewish culture, in the first century, there was a tradition 
that if you had a newborn baby or an infant, you would actually bring your child to the local rabbi or the spiritual leader to lay his hands on them and bless them, do a prayer blessing. That's actually where we get our tradition of doing baby dedications at church today. And at this moment in Mark, Jesus's popularity is, is growing. It's like, hey, there's this new rabbi in town and he's healing the sick, he's doing miracles. So, so parents are like, let's bring the kids you know, to Jesus for him to bless them. There's just one problem. Do you catch that? Mark adds, but the disciples rebuked them. In other words, they're like, get out of here, get out of here, scram, kids, get out. You know, I don't know if they kicked them, but they're like, shoo, kids, get, don't bother Jesus. He's very busy. Now, we don't know exactly why they did this. I mean, they are called the disciples after all. But you've got to understand historical context. See, in Bible times, they didn't value children the way that we do right now. In fact, children had no social status whatsoever. They, they were often seen as insignificant, a burden, not a blessing. That's difficult for us to imagine because, especially in America, right, we often make kids a center of attention, but not in Jesus' day. In Bible times, children were sometimes seen as a burden, not a blessing. So if you had a healthy son, well, that's a blessing because he could grow up, he could help farm your land, provide for the family, but little girls, not so much. They couldn't contribute. They couldn't carry on your family name. They couldn't go to school. They were discounted by everyone, which explains the reaction of disciples. People are bringing little kids to Jesus from the place his hands on, but they rebuke them. They correct them. No, no, no. Jesus doesn't have time for this. Scram, beat it, kids. And watch the reaction of our Savior. I love this. When Jesus saw this, he was, what's the word, church? Indignant. Now, that's an SAT word. That's a varsity word. It's a fancy way of saying he was triggered. <laughs> Jesus got angry. Uh, he got furious. And he said to them, no, 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 no. Let the little children come to me. Don't hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. So he's about to school them with a spiritual lesson. I actually imagine Jesus with like a child on his hip pointing the face of his followers. And he says, truly, I tell you, Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like this little child, you'll never enter it. And this is beautiful. Watch this. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. In other words, children were precious to Jesus. Children were a priority for our Savior, which probably shocked his audience. But he, but he wanted to demonstrate something about the kingdom of God. Remember, that was the main message of Jesus, the kingdom of God, this spiritual realm over which God serves as king of your life. He says, if you don't receive me with the childlike trust, the, the humility, the simple faith of a child, you can't receive it at all. Jesus said, you all got a lot to learn from these kids you ignore. Now, personally, I, I love kids. Um, Colleen and I have been blessed to raise two of our own. And, and yes, there are challenges. But I've learned so much about, I think, just the father heart of God through the eyes of our kids. I remember um, when my daughter was born, uh, I rushed home from the hospital for, it was late at night, quick nap, change of clothes. And I remember writing my prayer journal and just like the miracle of childbirth. I'd never seen anything like that. I was like, how did you not believe in God? And God spoke back to me. I remember God saying, Tim, you will never be the same again. Now that you are a father, you are finally going to understand a sliver of what my father heart is like for my children. And in those early days, it was, it was pretty natural. In fact, I have a favorite photo of my son, Dell. 
uh, when he was probably only like four or five years old. Uh, you can take a look right there. I love it. We were on vacation in the Outer Banks or something, but I, I love that photo because it's just the sheer joy of a child, right? You see him getting squirted in the belly with water, and, and what you don't see is dad with a super soaker outside that frame. And he's only four or five, so he's a little nervous to, to jump in the pool at first. So I did what any parent does. I said, I said, jump, son. Come on, daddy, I'll catch you. Come on, trust me. Trust that. It'll be okay. I'll catch you, son. And I'll never forget, remember him looking at me and looking at the water, looking at me, looking at the water, look at daddy. I was like, trust me, son. Come to your father. And after a few minutes, he took the leap of faith. <laughs> look at that picture. Isn't that awesome? That is like the trust of a child that his father is good, that he can actually step out in faith and trust Abba for the outcome. Jesus said, to enter my kingdom, if you're going to follow me and take these leaps of faith, you're going to have to put your full weight, your trust in the father heart of God. Not just that your heavenly father is good, but he's perfectly loving and perfectly trustworthy. And that he'll lift you up when you fall so you can actually take a leap and follow him. That's the simple childlike faith required to trust Jesus. The problem we have is that we tend to grow up. <laughs> and we develop doubts as adults, right? We say, well, wait, 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 Tim, but what, but what if God doesn't catch me? You know that thing that happened with my family like a few years ago or my job and that person got sick and where was God then? And so we start doubting the heart of God. We doubt that God is, is, is maybe truly good that he's totally in control. And that's why, Jesus says, it's harder for adults to enter the kingdom. He says, children have something that you all need. They have this, this simple trust. They have this, this holy curiosity. They have a willingness to actually include others and tell them about them. Let me show you what I mean. Episode three of The Chosen takes this passage we just read here in Mark and imagines, well, this wasn't Jesus' only interaction with children. Like, how did he make room for kids in his daily life. So check this out and imagine, let's imagine how Jesus might have engaged some of his youngest seekers. Blessed are you, Lord, our God, King of the universe, who gives forth bread from this earth. And I pray that if there are ever two children who come visit my home here, you will give them the courage Stay. to say shalom Stay. so that they will know they do not have to remain in hiding. He's a good man. Stay. Amen. We need to go. Stay. We are going to stay. <laughs> <laughs> What's that sound I hear? Sheep don't sound like that. <laughs> no, that's definitely not sheep. Maybe a rooster? <laughs> Greetings, children. You know, it is not safe for a child to wander from their home. You never know if there are bad men around. You are wise to bring your friend this time. Joshua. Shalom, Joshua. I admire your bravery to come here. You are a good friend. Oh, don't worry. I'm not a bad man. See, I know it. You are free to stay for a bit. I'm afraid I have some work to do. Okay. And thank you for not taking any food yesterday. See, I know it. So, what are you doing here? I'm visiting for a time. Where are you from? Nazareth. 
What is that wood for? I'm building something. Are you a carpenter? Sometimes, but I'm a craftsman. I build all kinds of things. So why don't you live in the house? I travel a lot. How do you make money? Happy. Just asking him how he makes money. I know, you shouldn't. It's okay. I don't make money when I travel. So for now, I build things and trade them for my food and clothing. What is that? Ah, this is going to be a lock and key. Joshua, ask him questions. He's nice. No, thank you. What else will you build? Wealthy people love decorations and toys for their children. My family isn't wealthy. Many times that's better. I don't know about that. <laughs> you will. My mom made me this. Oh, what's her name? Sarah. Very pretty. Okay, time to go home. Bye. I love that clip because I, I have a hard time imagining sometimes just the, the tenderness of Jesus, you know, the humanity of Jesus. I mean, Jesus was a carpenter. He was an itinerant rabbi. It just means he, he moved around and he camped out. And scripture said he made room in his world for children. Now, I, I don't know if Jesus actually made farting sound, right? You don't know. But he was fun to be around. I mean, children were drawn to him. They just sensed there was this kindness, this, this gentleness, this unconditional affection for them. So the chosen writers imagine a little girl named Abigail and her friend Joshua kind of learning from Jesus for a week. And it's this bold and simple faith of childhood that we see on display, which of course confronts you and me with the question, do you embrace a, a childlike faith? Or, or do you complicate it? Do you have a vision of God as this, you know, as this cold distant deity somewhere out in the sky and he's got all these you know sorts of theological rules or do you see him as a loving father who takes time to to play and build relationship with his kids there's a powerful scene in episode three that shows jesus actually teaching the children about their true identity as children of god i want you to watch how jesus is both playful and purposeful and how he teaches them about god in a language they understand. Just leave him alone. Is he dead? Shh. I couldn't have waited half an hour, eh? Can we be around today? Uh, these are my other friends and Joshua again. Shalom, Abigail's friends. And Joshua again. Shalom. Shalom. Can we be around today? I suppose, but I have some work to do. You might have to help. Good. You travel a lot. Do you have a house? My father provides everything I need. Is your father rich? <laughs> Did Abigail tell you to ask me that? No. That is a question for another time. What's your favorite food? Oh, Joshua the Brave speaks. Hmm, I like so many different foods, but I especially love bread for many reasons. How are those spoons coming along, girls? Good? String, is it tight? Yep. Almost? Okay. So tell me, do you all know how to pray the Shema? 
Yes. Oh, I would love to hear it. You lead us. Hear Israel. The Lord is our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your might. And it shall come to pass if you surely listen to the commandments I command you today. Now, what's cool there is that scene was inspired by the Gospel of Mark, which we just read. Understand, you won't find that exact scene in Scripture where, where Jesus sits down and teaches the children how to pray. But the writer of the Chosen, they include all of these little Easter eggs, you know, like hidden clues in each episode, particularly about first century Jewish life in Bible times. For example, did you know that every Jewish child, from the moment of birth, they were taught to memorize the Shema? Can you say that? Shema. It was the daily sacred prayer of all of God's chosen people. So as a child, you learned, you got up with mommy and dad and you prayed, Hear, O Israel, love the Lord your God. He is one. Love him with all your mind, soul, heart, strength. And so the writers incorporate actually theological details from the Old Testament to bring the New Testament, which is being lived out, to life. And, and did, you, did you notice how like touched Jesus was as he like listened to the children praying? Yeah, he actually gets choked up. You know, the Bible says from the, the lips of children and infants, you, O Lord, have ordained praise. See, Jesus didn't just elevate the social status of children. He believed they had enormous spiritual capacity. How many of you know that kids just have a, they actually have a capacity to grasp complex subjects that sometimes even adults struggle with? You know, in another scene, Jesus is talking with a, a bunch of middle schoolers about how do you handle bullies? Anyone get bullied around? And you can, I want you to try to guess where in the Old Testament, what passage of scripture inspires this conversation. So what did you do? I tried to walk away, but he wouldn't stop pushing me. So I pushed him so hard he fell down. And that's why you were punished. Did you expect something different? But even Torah says eye for eye. Why should I be punished too? Yes, but that is for a judge. You were hardly in a court of law. And you, all of you, are to be special. You are to act differently than others. You tell us to be gentle, but Rabbi Josiah said Messiah would lead us against the Romans, that he would be a great military leader. It is important to respect your teachers and honor your parents. And Rabbi Josiah is a smart man, but many times smart men lack wisdom. Is there anything in scripture that says Messiah will be a great military leader? There are many things about scripture that you cannot understand yet, and that is okay, that is fine. You have many years ahead of you, and God does not reveal all things at once. But children, what if many of the things that our people think about how we are to behave and how we are to treat one another are wrong? You want things to be fair. When someone wrongs you, you want to right it. 
And you know who else loves justice? But what does the Lord say in the law of Moses about justice and vengeance? Vengeance is mine. Yes, very good. Very good. Boys, pay attention. She doesn't even go to Torah class, huh? <laughs> the Lord loves justice. But maybe it is not ours to handle. Do you remember when David had the chance to kill King Saul, who was evil to him? But he didn't. Saul was God's anointed. And it was not the right time for justice. And God says he will have compassion on his people when... What? Let's see if someone who studies this at school is learning, huh? Hmm? When their strength is gone? Yes, very good. So, maybe we let God provide the justice. Hmm? Maybe we handle these things in a different way. Not trying to be the strongest all the time. Even Messiah? You will have to see. Now, when was the last time you sat down and talked with seven-year-olds about kingdom concepts like justice and vengeance and peacemaking? See, Jesus believed kids had unlimited spiritual capacity to grasp the kingdom. I want to invite Karen Shannon uh, on stage. Give Pastor Karen a hand. Glad you're here, hey, Karen. Socially distanced fist bump. Yep. She's our discipleship pastor, oversees our small groups at Liquid. And we were talking this week just how children, they seem to grasp this message of the kingdom. You have a great example with your granddaughter. I do. Thanks, Tim, for asking me to talk about my very favorite topic, being a grandma. I always heard that being a grandparent was one of the best parts of aging, and it's completely true. I see things so differently than I did as a parent. I feel as though I'd be a much better parent now than I was then. Being a grandparent means you get to cheer and encourage and leave all the discipline to the parents. It's the best. My three grandchildren call me Tada. T wait, Tada? Tada. Where do you get Tada from? I am always cheering and saying, Tada, you did it. <laughs> That's it's awesome. the best. Uh, if you give me a minute, I'm just going to gush on my granddaughter, Ellie, for just a little bit. Ellie and I have an extraordinarily unique relationship. She and I have been kind of bound at the hip since the day she was born. We love doing things together. Going to museums is high on our list, but we also love all kinds of activities and sports. And it's always an opportunity to point her heart towards Jesus. Ellie tells people that her Tata has the best job in the world. She gets to remind people how much Jesus loves them. And then she adds, who wouldn't want to do that all day? Ellie's super athletic, and she started kayaking in her very own kayak by the time she was four. When we lived on a lake in Sparta, she'd go out in that kayak, and then she'd want to jump out of hers and swim for a little bit out in the deep part of the lake. I gave her a million reasons why that wasn't the best idea. You're going to be too tired. I can't tow you, your kayak, my own kayak back to the dock. No, it's way too deep. It's difficult to get back into the kayak from the water. You're going to be so tired, you won't want to swim anymore. So I give her all those legitimate reasons, and she says, but what if all of those things happen? Then what? And I say, but then you may drown, and how could I ever tell Mama and Papa that I let you drown? And then she said to me, but you told me, Tara, that when we die, we get to go to heaven and meet Jesus, and that he's wonderful. So why would I be afraid of that? 
And I'm sobbing and squeezing her so tightly, she complains that she can't breathe. And I say, yes, Ellie, you're right. It's far better for us to be with Jesus, but I'd miss you so very much here on earth. She says, oh, okay, I'd miss you too. I understand. And off she paddles. <laughs> I often pray that the Lord would give me the faith of a little child who has the beauty of eternity in sight and holds loosely to things of this world. That's just like a perfect example of how the simple faith of a child. What did Jesus say? He said, truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a what? A little child will never enter it. Like, why did Jesus tell us grown-ups that we need to grow down? We got to become like a kid. And I can think of four qualities of kids we need to emulate. The first is simple faith, like Karen just described. I mean, Ellie actually sounds like the Apostle Paul, you know, where Paul's like, is it better for me to, to stay here with you or die and depart and be with Jesus? And he's like, all right, I'll stay for you. There, there's this childlike trust, like to just take Jesus at his word and know that like even when life throws a curveball, there's sickness or loss or uncertainty, God is still good and we can trust his heart. And there's this spiritual curiosity. You know, in the chosen, the children kind of pepper Jesus with all these great questions. And really, that's what we hope is going to happen in your small groups, right, Karen? Absolutely. We're hoping that with each episode, combined with Bible study, it's going to spark fresh dialogue and help you see Jesus with fresh eyes. And that only happens in community, which is why this fall we want you to include others. That's the last quality of a child. When kids are young, they naturally are inclusive. They invite others to the party. In episode three, Abigail starts to invite more and more of her friends, other kids in her town. She wants them to meet Jesus because she wants them to see how great he is. Check out this last clip. I'm telling you this because even though you are children, and the elders in your life have lived longer. Many times, adults need the faith of children. And if you hold on to this faith really tightly, someday soon, you will understand all of what I'm saying to you. But you ask an important question, Abigail. What is my reason for being here? And the answer is for all of you. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Isaiah. Isaiah, I have loved spending this time with you. You are all so very special. And I hope that my next students ask the same questions you do and that they listen to my answers. I suspect they do not have the understanding you do. And I hope that when the time comes, they will tell others about me like you have. Isn't that cool? It's like, it's like he's practicing his teaching 
that he'll use with the adults, the disciples, with the kids. Like Abigail, we want you to tell others about Jesus too. The the one who came to set the captives free, recover sight for the blind, preach good news to the poor. You know where that's from? Isaiah. He's quoting the Old Testament. So there's all these Easter eggs. And guys, this is where we want you to experience it in small groups. We hope that you're going to find friends, connect in community, and hopefully you're going to fall in love with Jesus all over again. So can I challenge you this fall? Forget Netflix, guys. Let's binge Jesus. Amen? I want to encourage you to join a small group today. Okay, guys? Let's binge Jesus. Small groups. It's just like the disciples. It's just a gathering of 8 to 12 people in your stage of life who get together during the week, now typically over Zoom, for an hour to actually open God's Word, study the Bible, pray, and grow deeper in their faith in Christ together. And here's exciting news. We actually have over 70 open small groups this semester. So I guarantee you're going to find one in your age and stage of life. Just go to liquidgroups.com, and you're going to see this menu of open groups this fall. And here's something cool. Uh, Each leader, they shot a short video so that you can get a feel for the vibe of the group. So you just kind of click on the group you're interested in. For example, take uh, Leilani's group for ladies, and you just hear what it's about. Hey everyone, my name is Leilani and this fall I will be leading an online women's group. We will go over one of my favorite TV shows, The Chosen, which is about the life of Christ. And then we will pair that with the study of the Gospel of Mark. If you are exploring groups, I want to encourage you to be a part of one. Nine years ago, I joined a group for the very first time. I was nervous and I didn't know what to expect, but looking back, I am so glad that I did. Not only did I make some great friends, but also God used those friends to help grow my faith and my love for Him. I am so excited for our group to grow together and encounter Christ with fresh eyes and open hearts. Our group will meet on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. See you then. So we got groups for men, for women, for young adults, for senior citizens, people with kids, whatever. And part of the chosen group experience is we want to give you a chance to actually serve others in practical ways during the pandemic. Let me share a cool story from uh, Jackie and Steph's small group in Middlesex County. Um, let's take a look at these ladies. They said our small group is going to bless single moms who are often overwhelmed, right? Raising their kids or working during the pandemic. So they baked cookies. They played with the kids, they even organized this photo shoot. And they gave each mom this T-shirt that says faith. And so your small group actually goes out and serve together. Understand, that is a very big component of small group life. It's not enough, guys, just to like watch the show and do a Bible study. We want you to put feet to your faith and get out and actually serve others in Jesus' name because you've been chosen, you have been called to make a difference during this pandemic. So let me encourage you to visit liquidgroups.com, meet our small group leaders virtually and find a group that fits you best. And if you have a friend who's curious about faith, who wants to know more about Jesus, kicking the tires, Christianity, just invite him to join you. Because most of these groups are meeting virtually. They're over Zoom, and so they're super flexible. And we're actually going to give you a small group guide um, for you to discuss the sermon, dive deeper into Bible study each week. In fact, the study guides we have for all eight episodes. This is the group's guide right here. They're all online, so your group can just watch the episode. You look up the corresponding scriptures, and then you discuss it together. And starting this Friday, we're going to actually host Friday night watch parties. Uh, On October 30th, every Friday night at 7 o'clock, we're going to live stream an episode of The Chosen, and then people can jump into Zoom and uh, discuss it based on their season of life. And it's super flexible, so you can just kind of pop in, you know, if you only have like one time a week. We get it. But it's going to be an exciting semester, guys. So I want to hear you, church. Make some noise if you're ready to binge Jesus with me. Yeah? Let's do it together. Let's do it. 
Well, listen, I want to commit these next few weeks to God, and I actually want to pray for our small group leaders. Those of you who are online, you're leading a group online, or, or uh, if you're here and you're a small group leader, I just want to say as your pastor, I am so proud of you. You are on the front lines of ministry. You are caring for the sheep, the, the precious sheep of Jesus. You're leading them to the Savior and loving on them in the middle of a pandemic. And uh, I just want to know as your pastor, I love you so much. I am praying for you. In fact, I want to pray right now for all small group leaders, whether you're online or in person. So if you're leading or hosting a small group at Lick, would you stand up if you're out of campus right now? Let's just make some noise for our small group leaders. We're grateful for them. Share our appreciation with you. You guys are really the heartbeat of our church. And just like Jesus, you know, he laid his hands on children to, to pray a prayer of blessing on them. Church, would you just kind of put your hands out right now? Just as kind of in solidarity, let's stretch out our hands and ask the blessing of Jesus on our leaders and our small groups. Jesus, we love you. We want to fall more in love with you. And so, Holy Spirit, we ask, as we open our hearts, would you open our eyes to see Jesus in a fresh way? Lord, if we've been disconnected during this crazy season, I pray, Father, that this would be a pathway back for many. And Lord, we are stretching out our hands now and asking that you would anoint every small group leader the way you anointed your son, Jesus. May the spirit of the Lord be on them to bind up the brokenhearted, recover sight for the blind, proclaim good news, Lord, for the poor. Would you protect their families, their work, their marriages, their children, and multiply their time. And I pray that every group, Father God, we would sense the presence of Christ like never before. We ask that in Jesus' name and for all the glory to go to him. And everybody said together, amen, amen. God bless you, church. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to check out Liquid Church for a weekend service, small group, outreach, or clean water trip, you can find out more about us online at liquidchurch.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, go ahead and subscribe or share it with your friends. Thanks again for listening.